it is still important to learn how to love oneself right. and to heal from these things so that next time when somebody is talking to you, you are not suspicious. You know, it's like if somebody's done, people have said stuff to you in the past but have meant different things. It's very easy for me to listen to you, to regurgitate and still be like, mm, but I'm sure this one is trying, it's actually meaning X instead of Y, right? So I'm going to be responding, you know, from my history. Yeah. So everything just is, is really tied in a relationship. Nothing exists in a vacuum. Right. Right. So communication in itself, like you can't master that until you've actually really also mastered love. Hey, welcome to the Defying Self Podcast. And th this is Eddie. Hi, this isn't Debo. It's been a while. It's been a while, but we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this week we're going to take time to kind of debrief from the last two podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where it primarily, um, we focused on the issue of surviving your spouse and talked through love, love tolerance, tolerance, communication. And communication. Right. Yeah. So, so today we're hoping to take time to kind of highlight some main points that that we want to kind of talk about and, and mm -hmm. bring out um yeah and then we'll we'll go there yeah i think points that were personal were impactful at a personal level right right yeah right. it just is what i want to talk about yeah no that's what i want to talk about okay. too i want to i want to hear your points all right um, do you do you want to hear my points uh yeah yes <laughs> i'd like to hear your points <laughs> all right very good okay but you know one of the things that i i think um i'd love us to do because defying self podcast is more than just a title this is something that Ntibo and i do actively in in the day-to-day -day. so i i wanted to kind of start to give you guys updates on some of the things that we're doing to defy self into and to kind of fight back on our internal pulse you know pull uh senses to not try to not make efforts mm -hmm. um so so like let's just give give everybody some updates on some things that that's going on in our world right. uh, i mean uh, okay so the first thing is where have you guys been right i mean yeah. there was like what two months of not really posting podcasts yeah. consistently right. <laughs> and i think i mentioned it briefly on the part one of this um, yeah, so I think for so ultimately, what it is that we don't serve the things that we do, yeah, right. Uh, we do what is required and what is necessary, depending on the season. So the the reason we went recording is that there's been a lot of stuff, a lot of movement on our side from a family perspective. So it was summer vacation, which in the U.S. is like three months of vacation. Uh, the kids are still young, so they were in daycare, but there were still a lot of things that were happening. Uh, and normally, summer is just there's just a lot of activity, you know, a lot of sort of like being unsettled out of your normal routine. So the thing that became priority was to just make sure that as a family we were plugged into the summer activities that were happening and we engaged with some of the requirements on that end. So recording a podcast just was not a priority. True, and that's just something that we had to like deliberately be okay with that it's just not a priority right now um because on the flip side when we started it was very important that we also got ourselves into a temple to making sure that we are faithful to record um and we're not making excuses but now on this end it was like okay fine you've got a good rhythm 
but that cannot be the thing that drives you. Mm-hmm. You need to know when to sort of switch it off and attend to other matters that are right. of greater importance. And I think that's a, that's a crucial lesson, right? Because balance isn't doing all things in, in equal effort, yeah. right? Balance is knowing when to go extreme in other things and to just com- completely let off the gas in others, yeah. um, depending on the season and time mm-hmm. that you're in, right? That is what balance is, is being able to flex and, and not feel any guilt or shame or, you know, burden yeah. To say, hey, oh man, we haven't recorded in, in two weeks. It's like, hey, this is what life requires right now. Mm-hmm. And and this is what we're happy to do. Yeah. Yep. Right. So um, okay. And and so we're picking things back up and there there are definitely things moving. So um so one thing that uh you guys can look forward to is we'll probably be uh, bringing on some more guests and people. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah, it will be fun to have more conversations yeah. with other people, especially around this, this topic. Like one right. of the things you'd mentioned would be is that it'd be great to have somebody come in and speak about communication in marriage. Right. And I don't know if you have any of your therapist friends who can hook us up. I do have that, therapist friends. That would be that would be really good. Yeah, it would be. Uh, yeah, it would be. So that's one. Um, you know, one of the things that we're embarking on in the last. Uh, part of this year is uh, Ntibo and I are kind of writing a book. Um, well, I he's writing okay. the book. I'm yeah. just editing. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that your imprint of it is going to be like so severe yeah, that it'll enough. really have your. You still my well. idea, so you know it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's see what what happens there. That's that's like a new thing that we're going to go after. We've never written before, but. Um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to really push uh, over the next, uh, few months and see, see where, where this can go. Yeah. And when you say we're writing a book, he's written, it's essentially what it is that he's written a lot of stuff over the years, articles for the Bridge to Parenting website and all of that. So right now the book, the book process is essentially just bringing in some of those ideas, putting them together, filling in the gaps and just letting it form. Right. Um, from that. Yeah. yeah. So that, I that mean, you guys can go check that out. It's bridge to parenting.com. Um, and just all the articles, I, it was just a season where I wrote back to back. And, yeah. And yeah, it's time to kind of put that together and, and bind it up and actually have a flowing thought and conversation around the topics I wrote about. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. All right. Cool. All right. So, I mean, that's, that's what's happening. Yep. So then. Oh, and then he's got a third son. He forgot to add that. Right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I I have a uh, lot of friends that are mad at me. Oh god, uh, babe. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, you do. Yes. Okay. Because they're like, "How come I'm just learning about your third child <laughs> three weeks after they've been born?" Oh, why? And what what reason are you giving? Oh, why am I giving them? Yeah. It's sibling. It's you. What you mean? It's You're like, me? do not post any pictures of my pregnant oh, belly. Yeah. Do not talk about me being pregnant. This is a family matter. It stays here. So I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. So then my friends come and they're like, how dare you? (laughs) You exaggerate. (laughs) The only thing that you say that's true is the first point. Do not post pictures of me being pregnant on social media. Because in my mind, whoever needs to know will know. Wow. Right? Because you'll tell them on WhatsApp. You'll tell them when you Uh, see them. Listen. Guys, uh, that's, guys, that's, just that's, finding that's, out. I'm sorry. That's you, my... you should have known. If they don't know, you, maybe you're not doing your friendly duties. So don't, right, don't put right. me, don't put ah, me that. So beautiful. We welcome this gorgeous, gorgeous baby 
who I mean, look, if you're if you're into tiny humans that look like me, <laughs> that that's a beautiful baby. Like for real. <laughs> tiny humans that look like any All right. Well, cool. Well, then let's let's get into um, let's get into what we want to talk about today as far as a debrief on this. uh, Yeah. No. And we've gotten some really great feedback. Mm -hmm. And I think the kind of feedback we've gotten isn't just, hey, this point was good. This point was good. It was almost as if people were saying, like, I am chewing on all of this. And it's and it's like boiling inside of me yeah you know it's it's digesting I'm, I'm making sense of it right it felt mm-hmm. that was the kind of feedback that we were getting it was like people taking on the entire thing and working to make it a part of their life yeah, yeah. i mean it's pretty layered because right. I, I just listened to it again you know for the for so that we can talk about it now it's very layered um and i mean i have some points but i'm like some of these points are like a whole discussion unto themselves Right. Um, so I can understand absolutely why you just want to take time and just chew on some of these things, reflect on some of, you know, some of the stuff. Um, so, yeah. So one of the things that I want to that stood out for me. So that was the first part, which was talking about surviving your spouse. And it went through the eight phases of break, uh, relational breakdown. Uh, you know, there's different things that you spoke about. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, then I definitely encourage you to go ahead and do that. But one of the things that you mentioned is that, um, as most of us would know, there's a thing called the honeymoon phase, right? When you get married, whatever, there's a honeymoon phase. And, um, you know, the images that come to mind is a very happy couple, content, etc. But one of the statements that you made, uh, and oftentimes, right, it's like you start with honeymoon and then there's other things that come. Life gets in the way, things start getting like more difficult and, you know, less cherry and sunny. But one of the things that you mentioned was that honeymoon does not have to end. So the honeymoon phase where things are good, where things are working, where everybody is motivated and positive, that that doesn't have to end. So that, that, that really struck me because what it spoke to is that it spoke about the issue of intentionality. That yes, you know, there's this beginning where life hasn't really you know, the, you know. For example, you don't have kids yet, so in some ways, yes, it is easy to be happier because there is no child coming to challenge the relationship, etc. Uh, but I think the fact that honeymoon doesn't have to end. It, the the th- question that I ask myself is that okay, so what are some of the things that I can be more intentional about to make sure that my relationship remains in a state where of positivity, right, of productivity, of growth? Because honeymoon doesn't just happen by itself. You know, honeymoon happens because, or rather, subsequently, honeymoon will happen because we're working at it, um, and you, you know, we 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 are we are aware of each other. We are aware of the things that, you know, make the relationship maybe not function the way you know we would like it to. And when we do realize those things, we are very intentional about working through them. Uh, and because we're doing all of those things, then the relationship is being productive. And it is, it's in a positive space, right? And yes, fine, we call it honeymoon phase. Right. So for me, that that really struck me. Yeah, I like that. And it's the idea that uh, if, if honeymoon is defined by the productivity, 
right, of, of the marriage. And not just the productivity, right? It, it, it kind of goes into the satisfaction of each person, the, um, just, just the, the sense of stability, the sense of, of hope of a future. Hey. Whoops, that's a child. Yeah, we're featuring somebody, <laughs> a guest. In case you hear somebody crying. <laughs> that's Ethan. Yeah. Hey. All right. So, yeah, no, I mean, all those things, um, it's it, it, the idea that, oh, that's only for a phase and that should end one day, um, only exists in our minds. That's not the truth. Mm. Like, there's that the fact that this marriage can continue to be a source of strength and a source of building and productivity is the truth and and that's that's really good right so i wanted to you know in that first um and we're still talking about part one uh which was published uh not last podcast but the cast podcast before um one of the things that that I wanted to bring up was this issue of of standards right this this idea that we all into to enter into a marriage with an idea of what my partner should be like and what they're supposed to do and what is acceptable and what's not acceptable um and I feel like that's such i really if you listen to these to these past two podcasts, like I really go after that pretty hard because it's a big part yeah. of of what breaks down. Yep, um, standards, yeah. expectations, right, right. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you did when when we were actually at this couples <laughs> workshop um, until when I did the Q and A, and and Tebel actually stood up and she she led the the crowd through a conversation about. Well, what is perfection? Like, really, what is perfection? Mm. And let's go. Let's go to the fir- to the most perfect entity there is, God. Like, how would God define perfection? Yeah. And so we actually went around the room together, and and we just kind of struggled with what does God see as perfect, and how does He treat with it? Yeah. Right. I think the interesting thing is that we define perfection as error free. Right. Right. I think that's what came out when yeah. we went around the room and said, yeah. okay. What does that look like in your mind? Most of us define it as error-free. Right. Right. Um, and that's where we start, things start falling apart. Mm-hmm. Because who fits that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. right. Not me, definitely. <laughs> Most of us don't. Sure. But unfortunately, when we enter into relationships, that's... And I mean, I think that's 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 a problem, right, with the human nature. That oftentimes that is the thing we strive for. That's the thing we burden ourselves with. Never mind the next person. I'm thinking of just myself. That oftentimes that's the standard that I hold myself to, um, where you want to be error free, and it becomes tricky when you're not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of the things that one of the things that you did at the end of that conversation is is you made this contrast um, where God who engages us in a relationship. And like, let's remember, this is a holy God, high, separated, like what is normal to us, you know, is like, it's like disgusting to him. It's like, really? You know, you still, you just, you still pray like that? You still like treat other people? I mean, like compared to, to what perfection is for God, like we're, we're like destroyable. We're, we're like nothing. But even inside of that relationship, like he brings us in and he says, well done, 
Mm-hmm. Right. So so there's this idea that that essentially the thing and the standard that God holds perfection when it comes to us is is what in this specific time and season am I wanting you to live inside of? Yeah. And if you're living inside of that and you're and you're appropriate for that season, you are perfect. Yeah. You are perfect. Yeah. And I think to bring it down, right, to even simpler terms, I the the idea that comes to mind is also perfection with how I would look at my child. Mm. Right? So as a child, you start off, you're an infant, you can barely do much for yourself, right? Uh, but we know that perfection in the realm of let's say being a human being would be moving from being so dependent to becoming an independent human being who can dress themselves cook for themselves, do stuff for themselves, right? However, when I look at my five-year-old, I don't say, mm, you know, you disgust me. Look at you. You can barely, um, what's this, um, tie your shoes. That's not what I say. The, 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 the standard that I hold them to is that I just want you to try. I just want you to try because if being a five-year-old, your effort truly is the perfection, the fact that you're not going to yeah. just, you know, cry and say, oh, mommy, do everything for me. But that you're going to take your shoes, you're going to wear them, and they may look like banana because you switch left and right. But for me, that's perfection. Mm-hmm. Because for that stage of life, your ability to, you know, to get your shoes on says you've developed, you've grown, mm-hmm. and that's perfection. Yeah. But oftentimes, that's not how we see ourselves. Yeah. yeah. How we see ourselves is oh, no, you better know how to, like, tie your shoes uh, and you better make sure that the right shoe's on the right and the left shoe's on the, on the left. Sure. But that's a problem because, you know, this is me looking at a five-year-old or a three-year-old or a four-year-old. Yeah, um, right. So I, I think what you are trying to say that inside of that requirement for perfection, there's a level of grace and discernment that God puts upon the individual to mm-hmm. say for you, you're only five, so it's okay. If all you can do is to put your shoes on, even if it's, you know, right and left and left and right, that's perfection. But of course, when you're a 20 year old, the requirements are going to be different. Sure. Right. Right. Now, imagine if we can take that and, and actually apply it to our spouse and say, hey, you should know better. You know, I've been asking you to pick up your shirt. And, <laughs> <laughs> and perfection, perfection for you might just be like, hey, you know, two out of the seven days you did it. And it's like, hey, that is that's great, man. I'm I love you. <laughs> you're exactly you're you're filling all my needs, and yeah. yeah. Oh, you're improving, right? Because when we got married, you just never did it at yeah, all, right? Uh, but now, like you're saying, you're doing it at least twice out of mm-hmm. the seven. So for me, that says, well, you're making progress, right. right? And I and I guess that brings in the fact that it's not that we just rest and say, well, you'll just never grow here. No, no, listen, we're in this for decades. Like, we're going to be married for years and years. Uh, don't worry. You have time, mm-hmm. you know, to get it right. Like, you have time to, to grow in this one thing. And so, so there's, there's, there's an expectation still that there will be continued progress. Yeah. But also, it's important that we're able to have peace today yeah. and know that you are appropriate for the kind of progress that's necessary right now. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's like very liberating, right? At the But again, it's the whole thing that you cannot love somebody else more than you love yourself. Right. Well, let's go on to that point then. All right. Yeah. So if I'm unable to give my own self that kind of grace, then chances are I'm not going to be able to give you that, that same grace. Right. Because you find that the people that, we're, so for those of us who are more pressing and exacting uh, and wanting 
you know, oh man, I want you to just get this right first time. You find that that's the kind of pressure we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm one of those people, you know, that I tend to put myself under pressure to, you know, just get things right, you know, and because I am, I, I am so disciplined, you know, and I can much more easily sometimes switch into things. Um, you find that then I demand that sort of thing from somebody else. But, you know, part of maturity is that, nah, take a step back. All right, that's just not how it works. You know, have grace. Learn so that I, even when I don't get things right the first time, learning to have grace for myself means that when it comes to Eddie, that I'm able to have grace when he also doesn't get it right the first time. Yeah, and that kind of, that summarizes the entire section on love, right? Uh, if I'm going to love my spouse, the key thing that I have to focus on is my own process of growth. Um, and, and, and so the key thing I have to focus on is like, what is, where do I stand in my own effort to love myself, right? Mm -hmm. To, to be satisfied with, with my own journey, right? And, and kind of my efforts and my struggles and, and to kind of engage that because as I do that, I make room for her as I, as I increase my threshold for how much I love myself, you know, and, and again, that whole love myself, it's like that's what I'm really talking about is is engaging in the struggle to overcome the things that hold you back as an individual. Yeah. You know, uh, so the more I gauge the threshold, I, I raise that higher, the more space she has to be loved by me and the more space that she has to express love in a way that I can actually touch. Like I can actually accept it. Right, because I'm not completely rejecting love in my own heart. Right, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's a pretty important part. So, um, my my last point actually goes way back to the communication. Okay. Yeah, topic, which is, um, <clears throat> which is this issue of of how do you actually communicate. So that was that's one of the things that came up during the workshop. During the workshop, um, uh, you know, we had to kind of take a break because people were like, hey, I just, I don't even know how to have a conversation with my, with my spouse, you know? Uh, so how do I even do that? Um, and so we had to take time to do that. And, and I encourage you all to kind of sit down and, and, research like look up uh ideas and ways one of the things that and Temple mentioned earlier which is one of the commitments that we're going to make is i'm going to bring on one of my good therapy friends that focuses on marriage counseling and and just have um have them take us through key things to be thinking about when communicating with with your spouse right um but one of the things that i shared with the folks there and i don't think it no it definitely wasn't on the recording but one of the things I was mentioning was this this idea of drive through communication, mm. right? So when you go to order something at uh, you know a fast food restaurant drive through, what tends to happen is you say, "Hey, I want a number one, no onions. Um, let me get a sprite." Um, yeah, and so the person that's hearing that is going to say this. They're going to say, "So you want a number one with no onions and you want a sprite? Is that correct? Would you like anything else?" Mm-hmm. And then you say, that is correct. Um, and then the other person could go in and, and talk. And what happens there is, is if you make that a part of your communication strategy mm-hmm. with your spouse, what happens is that you won't just be talking to each other's assumptions anymore. You'll have an opportunity to say, okay, wait, you actually 
heard me or no, don't use that word. I don't feel rejected. I feel unheard. You know, so so it allows you to actually clarify the message so that you know they're hearing you well. So their next response is on topic. It's it's mm-hmm. relevant. Um, and then you do that back and forth. It really allows some of the tougher communication conversations that need to happen to happen easier. I think what so for me, what that is, is that at, at least at the base level, it does help to to make sure that we are hearing each other. Right. At the base level. However, one of the things that you speak about is that, you know, because we come into relationships with history, um, assumptions, um, etc., sometimes part of the hurdle in communication is that somebody's saying something and I'm able to regurgitate back to you, right? That, okay, so you said you want a number one, no onions and a Sprite, right? And at some level that helps me to be centered on something. However, there's a tricky thing that below that, is the other layer where even though I hear that, I'm still feeling what I'm feeling. So when I respond to you, I it's easy for me to still respond from the place of, but you said that and you made me feel this way. Right. Or you said that, but because I'm not really believing the best thing about your intention behind you, you having said what you're saying, I'm still responding from the basis of my wrong assumptions about the hard from which the thing you said came from, mm-hmm. right? So that's definitely a great um, starting point, yeah. So starting right, point. to just kind of like center us. But I think we still cannot do away with the fact that it is still important to learn how to love oneself right. and to heal from these things, so that next time when somebody is talking to you, you are not suspicious. You know, it's like if somebody's done, people have said stuff to you in the past, but have meant different things. It's very easy for me to listen to you, to regurgitate and still be like, "Mm, but I'm sure this one is trying, it's actually meaning X instead of Y, right? So I'm going to be responding, you know, from my history. Yeah. So everything just is, is really tied in a relationship. Nothing exists in a vacuum. Right. Right. So communication in itself is that you can't master that until you've actually really also mastered love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But really but the tools. But at the end of the day, though, because there's so many different you know ways to come at a problem, all of these tools are very useful. Yeah, right? they are. They are. Okay. So one last one from you, Ethan. I'm not sure how much longer he's gonna. Okay. So hold let's together. try to do this one without some interruption. <laughs> yes. So uh, one of the things that definitely stood out for me is the issue of vulnerability. And at the end of the second podcast, Eddie makes a statement and he says, you go through your hard moments with vulnerability and you, and you use communication to track the journey. Yeah. I mean, that right there is, that's like, that's a, that, that's a podcast. That's like a, a big, a bigger <laughs> conversation, right? Sure. Yeah. So the issue of vulnerability, um, you know, marriage is hard. Um, how you grow through it, it requires you to be, to become naked, to become vulnerable. Right to face up to your fears, to face up to, uh, you know, past hurts because the things that we exist in today, you find that they have their roots in something that happened to you ten years, twenty years back, right? So when you are in a relationship um, and you're confronted with a situation that reminds you, it's like Eddie says something to me, but I'm not even just hearing what he's saying. It just created a flashback moment to the to times past. So right there becomes an opportunity for me to be vulnerable and to say, you know what. I hear you, you said this, this is how it's making me feel. But it's not just about you. Something happened to me back then, and I actually now need to go back and deal with that. Yeah. Or 
um, the one of the things that you, you, you said is that you have to take a risk, right? And that, that is what a relationship is all about. Because me choosing to overcome the fear response means now I have to take a new risk that I've never had to take before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, how many of us abort potential because we're afraid? You know, how many of us are held back because, um, yeah, it's like that, that risk is too scary. That, that effort is, is too big. And, um, yeah, and I imagine in many ways the, you know, the environment around divorce and separation, um, it just comes from people definitely that are beat down, right, by the process um, to the point where it's, it's too much of a threat to take another risk, you yeah. know. Uh, so, look, it's so important that, that we cue our minds early on. In our in our in our marriages, early on in our relationships, to say, hey, this there's going to be hard parts about this, yeah. and one of the things that I need to be okay with and effortful about is knowing that I'm going to, hey, I'm going to step out on the ledge, I'm going to take a risk, and pot- potentially set myself up to get hurt, and and I'm and I got to be okay with that. Yeah, I think that's the thing for a relationship to work is that we have to be willing to give our all, right, right, regardless of how the other person responds. When it comes to the parent-child relationship, I feel like we're more ready to do that, right? And and quite frankly, the child can disappoint you, and they do, right? Yeah. Where it's just that it's sometimes disappointment comes at a much later stage. Whereas a parent, you've poured into your child, you've poured into a child, and then when they're an adult, they become different to what you're hopeful. So that's the lead can lead to disappointment. But guess what? Nobody, we don't necessarily hold back. Uh, we know when we parent, we still pour ourselves. Um, you know, with the hope that, you know what, I'm going to do this. And yes, I'm going to hope and believe that it's, you know, my, my efforts are going to be worthwhile. But I think with, when it comes to other relationships, it's so easy to hold back. But now with the vulnerability saying that, no, you have to have the same posture of giving your all, regardless of how the other person. And, and again, the whole thing of loving and of believing that your spouse is not responding in a less than manner because they're just being spiteful. And of course, there's cases where they are being spiteful, but being able to give the person the, uh, the benefit, benefit of the doubt, doubt yeah. to say, you know, they're struggling, they're trying, right? And that's part of like being in a secure relationship. Uh, but, you know, while they're struggling, they're trying, I'm still going to go ahead and do the right thing. I'm still going to go ahead and give. And, you know, what, 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 what can happen is that at the end of the day, it's, it's our own effort to to be vulnerable that helps the other person to also come up and to deal with, you know, and to also give their all and to all of a sudden be picking up their clothes, you know, seven out of the seven times right. because you, you never stopped, you know, doing your part. Right. And that, that is a scary part because you may not be rewarded, but I think at the end of the day, you want to make sure that ultimately, you know, I gave my all I tried and that's, you know, it is scary. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, that that is that's excellent, and um, yeah, I mean, look, oh, well, that's thirty minutes already. Yeah, <laughs> whoops. Hey. I feel like we kind of cheated because honestly, there's so many other elements to talk talk about. Right. But I mean, I guess that can be for next time because one of the things that really stood out for me was also just using communication to track the journey. So, uh, you know, looking into okay, well, I made a mistake, but how right. do you actually use that as an advantage for sure. your relationship? Sure. Oh, wait, look at that. I made an improvement. So how do you use that as an advantage for your relationship? Sure. Right, because everybody needs encouragement on both ends. 
but anyways, I guess not to drag the conversation on. <laughs> we got. Well, I tell stop. you what. I think I think something that we can do um, is just kind of invite our listeners to share. You know, a point. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, like what what point? And these two podcasts have you, or even this one. Has been the most impactful to you. Yeah. And just like share your thoughts around some of the topics, your own personal journey experiences. Right. Um, Yeah. But what reverberates the most for you? Uh, Whether it's something that you you really are doing well and you've been able to crack or something that you feel is just uh, a a point of great opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, we want to we want to thank our special guest. <laughs> Ethan. You wanna for, say something else? You wanna say something, Ethan? Okay, there we go. Uh, yes. Yes. The familiar milk song. <laughs> Alright, cool. Hey, so like we said, thank you for being here. And we want to hear from you. So leave your questions, your thoughts. We actually set up a WhatsApp uh, for you to be able to contact us. Go ahead and just add us to your contact list. Our number here is 1-954-716-9138. You'll find us on WhatsApp. And we look forward to hearing your feedback and real-time as you um, engage this content. All right. So thanks, guys. Have a good one.